Hello, and welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. My guest today is Hazel Geary, CEO of The Wave in Bristol. And this is really exciting to have her on the show because she is the CEO of one of the first Wave Pool surf parks um, around. And we'd like to hear from Hazel how uh, she was onboarded and her role here at The Wave. But uh, yeah, let's introduce yourself, Hazel. Thank you, Brian. Lovely to have you here at The Wave. Um, as you say, I'm Hazel. I've been here at The Wave as CEO since the beginning of June this year. So still very new, just four months into role. Um, and I come from a background in health, fitness and leisure. So I spent nine years with David Lloyd Leisure, who are a very large health club chain here in the UK and Europe. Um, and I spent three and a half years for them out in India, building a health club out there for them um, before coming back to the UK just pre-COVID and freelancing in the health beauty industry. Um, and then the opportunity at The Wave came up and it it felt like too good an opportunity to to pass up an amazing visionary brand um, and and one that's got you know such an interesting journey that it's only just starting in. So uh, I'm so pleased to be here. That's awesome, and it, it, it's really what fascinates me about um, the role and coming onto the wave is typically we interview people who've been in the surf park business for a long time as someone coming from the health and beauty wellness background um what are what are some of the the differences and some of the similarities between the the two fields are we are we not that different are we very much the same um so it's a really interesting one i think um this is a really new industry and i think it hasn't quite actually un like figured out its place in the world in terms of is it a leisure attraction is it a membership club is it a, a kind of a, a day visitor so there's a whole spectrum of people coming to visit this which is very much like the health beauty and leisure right there are membership clubs within that there are day attractions and so there's lots of different similarities and what's really interesting for me is finding the the right place for the wave to sit within those those uh kind of spheres and making sure that we cater to the different customers that are coming through our doors wanting to to surf or use the amazing facilities we have and the amazing landscape we ha have here at the wave bristol okay and in um coming to the wave and from your background were were there some things that you saw like right off that from your your vision and your work before that you're like oh wow they're not utilizing that or that's underserved or they could really maximize this one area were there any immediate areas that stood out to you I think it's always um, really easy to say with a fresh pair of eyes that there are things to, to be able to do and improve. And it's the benefit, I think, of coming from an external industry that you've got no preconceived notions as to what is right or wrong because it's a, a completely different perspective. I think when I walked through the door, I could see that there were enhancements to the customer journey and the customer experience that we could work on straight away. And the team have been incredibly receptive and have done such a wonderful job over the summer of welcoming the huge number of visitors we see in the summer months um, and, and improving all of the little things around wait times at our food and beverage, ensuring that you can really easily book onto a second surf in the day. Um, we've worked really hard to introduce some new products into the into the mix. So we utilize some of the underutilized bay time, such as Big Wave Splash, which allows uh, our older visitors to come and do something that isn't surfing, but is actually still playing around in the waves, enjoying being in the water and getting all the benefits that that brings. Okay. And uh, conversely, what were some things that uh, you saw the wave doing that you're like, oh my God, that's brilliant. We 
I wish I had known about this when I was in my other uh, job. I think one of the things I think the, the wave has been doing incredibly well is thinking about um, how you just get more people engaged in in waves and water. And so building a space where people can just come and hang out and be by the, the wave and water. It's not an in and out experience here. It's about dwelling here as a family, as a group of friends, as an individual. So there's lots of things for you to do that's not just the surfing. So surfing is is our hook. It's what people love to do, but there's much more to do beyond that as well. Okay. And, and let's go into beyond that. Like, what are you doing beyond? I know when the wave first opened, it was basically just the wave pool. Um, and you had the main building, uh, great cafe and all, all that. But since then, you've done heaps. You've added the camp. Um, there's a skate ramp, half, half pipe. <laughs> yeah, so there's a, there's a skate ramp this year, which is now our permanent skate ramp, which we learnt on from a temporary skate ramp previously. So it's now got sort of a beginner's intermediate and slightly more expert side to it. So allows everyone of all ages, whether you're on a scooter or on a skateboard, to, to go and enjoy it. There's the play park as well for our younger uh, audience to enjoy, which means we get a lot of visitors who aren't actually surfing at all. They're just coming to be here as a family. Um, so those are some of the things that we've added alongside the camp. Um, and there's more to come. So when you have something um, just from from what I've seen being here for, uh, you know, just just a day, you, I noticed there were more people here than than last year. I noticed the people who were, were here. It wasn't like when I was here uh, the first time uh, three years ago, where it was just uh, core surfers. So you seem to have broadened the demographic of who who you're bringing into the wave, and and how is that done? Well, I think it's important that, um, you know, for, for us with the amazing Wave Garden Cove, you've got this ability to have both the bay and the reef in use at all times. And so therefore you've got different audiences that you want to and need to attract. So you've got your core surfers, but you've also got people who just want to learn to surf. Now they may have had some surf experience in the past, but they actually want to go through a journey of learning from whatever stage they are until they get to kind of feeling like they're a, they're a proper surfer. And so making sure that our uh, kind of academy and our learning journey is really structured is really important that they can get into the different size waves and have lessons so take a Waikiki lesson before then going into Waikiki take an intermediate lesson before going into intermediate and then the same aspect you have surfers you have learners but you also want people who are just looking for a great day out they're looking for an experience whether that is going to a a a kind of a, a visitor attraction, the wave sits in that part as well. So there are people who just want to go and do something different, potentially active, but also just being in the outdoors, being with friends and family. And so therefore, when we look at our marketing efforts and also how our customer experience kind of develops on site, we're catering to very different audiences where those people who are surfers in and out and, and they want to make sure that they come in, they get the best waves that they possibly can versus those people who are here for the day. They, they want to come, they want to have an experience they want to be treated in a different way because it's a real one-off for them. And hopefully we can get them to come back, but we know that they are, that they're not necessarily as sticky as an ordinary surfer. And so we need to make sure that we, we treat them in a, in a different way to the way we would treat surfers. Okay. And, and in your process for onboarding people, there's, uh, the balance you've struck between the, the core surfers and bringing new people on board. Have you, as the wave uh, becomes a model to potentially expand, um, 
across the UK and elsewhere. What th- there must be a lot of fine tuning, a lot of changing, and a lot of lessons learned. Um, can you share some of that with us, like what you've what you learned and what you've changed? Yeah, I think that's that's you know I, that that understanding of who our different visitors are is part of that change for us. So, you know, we're in an industry where it's it's a kind of world of unknowns. We were one of the first surf parks to open in the world. You know, we've been uh, been running for four years. COVID having you know been a little bit of a disruption in the middle of that, and so therefore we're really quite early on in that journey. And so being able to understand how we serve those different visitor types, how we reach those different visitor types, and how we make sure we engage them through the digital experience that they have pre-coming to the wave, the on-site experience, and then the post-visit experience, and how that differs across those different customers is something that we're really early on that journey of of really discovering and, and, and kind of moving forward with. And that's where I think some of our kind of taking us from being, let's say, a teenager into being an adult as a business is probably where we progress from. Yeah, I I, I noticed that when Waypool Mag started, we were just all about the pools, technology, the surf sessions. And I've never heard as much about um, ticketing systems or storage lockers <laughs> as I have within this space. There's um, it, it, It's a crucial component because part of the customer experience. But it's also um, not typically what you think about when you're just like walking through the door. Um, is is there something you can share with us that you've done to make that more seamless? I mean, you've only been four months now, but um, either something you've done or a good example of what the wave was doing uh, preceding your entry. Well, I can I can talk to you about one thing that I think is uh, is interesting from a kind of a wave pool perspective is around you know, when we're designing the experience initially, and I see this in others that are being designed around the world, we think of it from a surface viewpoint. Um, And so people who have otherwise normally been traveling to the beach, surfing in the ocean, and therefore the experience that they're expecting is, is, you know, rustic, let's give it that as a term. And therefore you're not expecting hot showers and fluffy white towels and hair dryers and all of those kind of mod cons that you might otherwise expect. But yet when we've now got a wave pool on land, there's a slight change in consumer kind of desires around you're expecting a little bit more luxury around it. And and so therefore, one of the things I suddenly realized one day was when I did an early morning surf, I went, where do I dry my hair? And so that's one of the things that we're looking at in terms of how do we make sure that we're providing that level of service without trying to be, you know, a super luxurious health club, et cetera. But, but where is it that we can fine tune that experience so that you really get the difference and the benefits of being in a wave pool versus being on the ocean while still feeling like you've had an amazing surf-like experience? Okay. And, and you're obviously fine-tuning here in Bristol and you've had years of hard knocks to to learn and you know some great successes as the wave branches out um that model but i I do want to hear about the the wave's future plans and then but i also want to hear about as you do those future plans you know is uh can you do the same exact blueprint in uh not blueprint copy carbon copy um in say london 
I think it's a really, it's an interesting one that it, there's a temptation for brands to always want to do a, a cookie cutter model mm-hmm. and, and basically take what you've got in one location and do it elsewhere. And to a, to a certain degree, that should be the model, right? There should be a kind of a ba- underlying base model that says, we understand what we're doing in terms of our products, our services, our look and feel, our experience, et cetera. And then take that and transplant that into a new location. So that underlying what makes the wave the wave, we would absolutely want to t- kind of pick up and, and take elsewhere. In terms of then how you would tailor that to that location and the the unique demographics that sit around that or the unique uh, kind of site layout, et cetera, there would always need to be a little bit of variation. And then if you were to take that further afield, take it abroad, a bigger variation still. So, you know, if we're doing one in London versus Bristol or in Manchester, there's always going to be a slight tailoring, tinkering around the edges in terms of mm. what you might have because the land might be different, uh, the, the size, the adjacent um, kind of industries or hotels, etc., might be there. So therefore, you're always going to do a slight variation, but you're not necessarily going to do a wholesale different model because therefore we're not leveraging the skill set that we've developed over the four years that we've already been open and operating. Does that um, does that make it more difficult than your your previous work in health and wellness? Um, m- meaning, did the cookie cutter approach work uh, in your in your past field? But this is unique to surf parks. You really need to adjust them, or is that across the board? Everyone needs to adjust to their. I think there's there's a there's a level of adjustment that's always needed for every single brand, and that can just be as simple as, you know, the way that the the general manager who operates that site, the way they deal with the customers there, because you might have local differences in how people like to be treated. And so it may be that the actual look, feel, design, everything like that is exactly the same, but the the kind of way you're you're greeted at the entrance might be different from one part of the country to the other. So yes, I think in every industry, there is a slight amount of tailoring that goes on, sometimes probably imperceptibly. I think with wave parks, I would think again, in many, many cases, it's imperceptible, but there might be the odd change because of just the location or size, et cetera. In the same way as no two health clubs are built exactly the same because the land parcel isn't going to be exactly the same, et cetera. So what are, um, can, can you give us a couple like wins, a couple really positive things at the wave that you are going to take to to other locations? I think our product mix and that ongoing product mix and how we kind of manage our lake schedule has been a real um you know testament to the 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 team that have been here learned and really understood when to put on the right sessions for the right people how to tailor that based on the seasons who's coming in and out i think that that you know how that's structured and how we continue to uh, evolve that will be taken from here to the to, to elsewhere i think the the essence of what the wave is, which is around, you know, our triple bottom line, making sure that we're looking after people and planet as well as profit. And all of that ethos would be taken across as well as, you know, as much of our layout and the kind of the day to day of the operations as possible, we would move from one side to the other. And we, um, what are your growth plans for the wave? Can you share that or is that top secret <laughs> so i think the um the best way to just talk about our growth plans is that we we have aspirations to grow um but as you and i both know developing a wave park is not as simple as people would like it to be there are lots of uh, trials and tribulations in that you know finding the right site getting the planning getting the funding for it all of those pieces so i think sometimes to speak prematurely about opportunities that that aren't at a stage where there's anything crystal clear i think would be uh, remiss of me to do so at this moment in time 
Okay. Is that about as political as I can do? Yeah, that's pretty diplomatic. Um, <laughs> what about your, uh, can you, how about London? There was talk about London. Mm -hmm. um, I think we even have on our Wavepool site uh, some an area that you were looking at a few years ago. Is uh, Are you pursuing that? So still under, under discussion. So um, as with other sites around the UK, at sort of discussion stage, planning hasn't been submitted, but it's a, a an active site that we're talking about and, and trying to work out the, the right way forward. Okay. Um, let me shift. In a perfect world, what does the wave look like uh, 10 years from now? Oh, that's a very good question. I think... Um, what I'd like us to have is a is an incredible successful site here in Bristol where we have absolutely nailed that customer experience, that customer journey, the kind of adjacent activities to the wave pool that make it a, a great experience for every type of visitor from day out to surfer. Um, and then I would hope that we would have another site ongoing and, and potentially more than that as well so i would i would love us to be in a place where we were a multi-site business at that point um, as well as having one really established incredible site that is a kind of a blueprint for the world to come and have a look at okay the mar the marquee location yeah. okay i was hoping for a shopping list of locations but we're not <laughs> we're not going to have that um we kind of saw that at, at surf park summit a lot of uh kind of chest puffing and companies saying oh we're here 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 and here with plans for here some of those are just in the ether some are tangible and you know land's been purchased and such um at we we talked at, uh, at surf park summit and which was your for first uh visit yeah. into the the surf park world can you can you share with us some of your 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 interpret your uh experience what was your your takeaway. I think I think you described it quite well. There was quite a lot of peacocking going on, which is, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think the uh, the official term for it. But uh, you know, it's, it's such an exciting industry. There are so many people yeah. desperate to make this happen, both from a, a standing wave and then a, and a full wave pool type opportunity. Um, I hope a fraction of them come off. Right? Mm -hmm. if, if if even a fraction of them do, that will absolutely transport this industry forwards. I think what I got was that there were a lot of people out there who are trying really hard, but don't necessarily have a, a real understanding of what it takes to make a wave pool successful. They may know how to get one built, but then how to operate it was really interesting. And I found it really interesting that there was very little in terms of suppliers and things like that talking around actually the operations of it. So mm. Wavescapes, which is our technology arm of our business, which provides a booking software, we were the only people there talking about kind of tools to help businesses actually yeah. do the day-to-day -day, um, versus plant and machinery. So it was all very much tailored towards building a site rather than operating a site. And that's just, I guess, testament to the stage that the industry is on where 99% of the industry is about trying to build something versus mm -hmm. a very small proportion of us who are actually operating something. So it's, um, I think that's, I would hope in a couple of years time that balance will have shifted. Yeah. That's, and it's really interesting to hear you say that at because um, I, I was there last year and people asked me, oh, how did it go, go this year? I said, well, the level of sophistication within the questions people were asking uh, within the vendors and uh, what was up, you know, a couple notches from last year. And then hearing you describe it, you're like, well, it still needs to to go a little further. 
Um, well, I think there's that piece where there aren't that many people able to sort of challenge the the statements that are made by people because okay. because there's not that many operators. No. You know, I come from, I, fr- I come from the from the gym world where there are a right. lot of operators, and therefore, if someone stands up and makes a, a claim or states a piece of information, and it's not quite what the the industry might believe or the operators mm-hmm. might believe, there's enough voices that that you wouldn't you wouldn't stand up there and say that. I think mm-hmm. the surf park industry is at a stage where people don't know what is what they can challenge or what they can't because if they haven't got that experience and there will just become more and more voices to add to that pool of people who actually understand what it takes to make a, a successful wave pool so it's it's great i mean it's a it's a fabulous point to join an industry like this and it can only get better from here okay and what was uh what really impressed you about uh surf park summit what was something that uh you're like wow that's really great i i've learned you know, heaps from, from this one. I mean, look, as a, as a, as a total newbie to the industry, I loved being able to see the kind of, uh, the demonstrations of all of the different, uh, wave techs that are around mm-hmm. there. It was, it was a great sort of, um, one-on-one on surf parks for, for a mm-hmm. novice like me. That was fantastic. And I think just look, the enthusiasm that there is around yeah. the size of this industry and where it can go. And the discussion that I had with other operators around our desire to start seeing some kind of governing body start to form where there are Mm -hmm. shared information around health and safety and risk Mm -hmm. management so that as an industry, we grow responsibly and respectfully, both for the people who use us, the environment we work in, et cetera. And the operators I spoke to are all in a kind of in a viewpoint around that and we just need to to try and find someone to be that that kind of champion of the surf park world that allows us to then have you know a, a level of respect that other industries might have from the general public because we are we've got those rules and processes and procedures in place that are standard across that mean that we're operating safely that's uh, that's really interesting because i never um I, i'm very appreciative of your input you know as a newbie coming on to it because how we started was like, oh my God, that technology is amazing. And oh, look at the way they're making waves, you know, this mm-hmm. way. So we've always been very technology based. Um, I know Surf Park Summit has always been technology based. So as one point, it was like a a place to purchase a way to w- make waves. So it is focused that way. But just hearing you mention that, it's like, yeah, but that's only one component of the whole um, process and, and everything. And it, it, it sounds like there's heaps more out there and heaps more that you'd like to, uh, bring into it. And I think that's, if, if you look at the fitness industry, for example, in the U S there's Ursa, which is one of the real big kind of, uh, industry trade shows and, and, mm-hmm. uh, associations. And part of that annual event that they hold is a trade show where it's about buying and selling everything from gym equipment to, to tech. But alongside that are the, the really detailed talks where you're talking about health and safety and how to retain customers and, okay. you know, that industry insight piece. And I can see that the surf park world will get there we're just not quite there yet right so there's not enough people interested in the 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 kind of the post build bit yet but that will come and i think that's what's really interesting that at the moment it's just about yeah how do you buy a wave pool or build a wave (laughs) pool but there's then this piece that needs to kind of come along it's like right but once you've built it you have got to operate it and all of the stuff that needs to go into that i think well it's just we're at a very early stage of the journey Yeah, and, and and it's great to hear you mention that because uh, reflecting back, it's kind of like, oh yeah, a lot of it was like, okay, we made this hurdle, we built this wave park. Now what do we do? And 
in the case of Urban Surf, they were, you know, COVID was really bad in Australia and, you know, they came out of it as, oh, we've got this data. We're drilling down data to meet these points. And it, you know, taught us a lot. But I, I think that's what's so exciting about it, too. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like you you could be talking about shoes, you know, no offense, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, making and building and, and, and selling shoes in the shoe industry. But there's this other like this is being invented. Oh, it's like I say, it's, it's so exciting. And there will be, there'll be so much change coming over the next few years. And I think the, 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 the the wave of developers and then turning into operators and Mm -hmm. how those two things intersect on, on an ongoing basis. But as we get further down this industry, you know, how we collect data as a whole so that we can help lobby local governments and councils to enable planning to be much easier, et cetera. All of those things can only benefit from more and more wave pools coming online as long as they're all built respectfully and safely (laughs) and making sure that they are having a positive impact because then if everyone's doing that in the right way, then it makes it easier for everybody on an ongoing basis. If you have a couple of outliers, it therefore makes it harder for everybody. So that's why... I personally am a big champion of, you know, let's make sure we're all working to, together in a way that says we we all want this industry to survive and, and, and thrive. And therefore, if we do this in the right way, that will happen. Okay. There's, um yeah, there, there has been so much talk of that with uh, a lot of operators, uh, managers uh, who've, who've said that we all need to to, to, to rise with the tide and um, however that's done through a, uh, a group, a board, um, some process. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and sort of someone's got to step up and, and do that, I guess. that's the That was probably my slight rallying call to, to people I was speaking to at the summit um, mm-hmm. because I think there is, there is an opportunity for someone to sort of step into that limelight and go, right, that, you know, actually as an industry, how do we come together and make sure we are uh, safe and delivering incredible experiences in a way that means that this industry was just going to kind of keep plowing forwards in a, in a really good way. Okay. And what is, um, I, I want to ask you this, if you have to name three, your top three things that you found at the wave, like, Oh, that's really cool. Oh, they're doing that. Great. What Ooh. would be your top three? Yes. We just wanted to make you pause and reflect <laughs> and, and a little nervous. So there uh, you go. <laughs> I, I, I think the, um, I think the team in terms of their ability to create incredible experiences is just phenomenal. And so I came for the first time in October last year and uh, I just had an hour and a half of pure joy. And a lot of that was to do with the team who were here, how welcoming everyone was from the instructors. And then as I've gone through my own learning journey, I was saying to you earlier on, I've kind of gone from being a total novice earlier this year and I'm now up into an intermediate wave but you know the host on the wall to the lifeguards and how they encourage and support you throughout the sessions I think makes a real big difference having surfed in the ocean the other day in San Diego for the first time um you know it's it's much much easier to surf when someone's yelling at you and telling you what to do which is what you get here at, at that so I think for me that that the people and how they deliver the experience here every single day I think is uh kind of one of my tops I think just the environment here is is very, very special at the Wave Bristol. You know, we're in the middle of nowhere mm. and it's just, it is a walk from our car park, but it is 
joyous walk when you've got all the wildlife around you and it feels like you're just taking a step out of kind of an everyday. And I think if you were trying to create a slice of the ocean in land, that's what the team have done here. Um, and that is unique, I think, in, to surf parks around the world in terms of being able to say this is this is a pure slice of the ocean in land. And then, um, ooh, number three, um, I, I think... What I'm really proud of is the, the constant theme of innovation and desire to keep progressing forward, knowing that we aren't done in terms of Bristol as a site, that we are on a journey to making an incredible wave pool and that we've got the opportunity to just keep trying new things, testing things, understanding what works and doesn't, all whilst keeping our customers at the heart of all of that kind of experience building and and that first bit of like understanding who those customers are is only the the real start of that journey for us okay and you and you mentioned uh the team here who working here and i found that at all the all the wave pools we've visited that the people who work there are are really special they really enjoy it um they you know it's it's not always easy yep. yeah. <laughs> they hang in there you know surfing's one component diehard surfers say oh i get a session you know twice a week but there are these really unique teams um, at each wave pool who just uh, there's I don't know there's something there's some kind of glue um, among employees and uh, you have you have a great team here everyone's been really nice. Thank you and and we find we've got a great return rate year after year because we do oh. have a lot of seasonal staff um, and we're working hard on how we improve upon what is already a great return rate from a from a kind of a seasonal okay. point of view. And I think a lot of our impact work that we do, do, especially, you know, people love being here because of the fact that they get to surf, they get to work in an incredible environment, but also they care about the things that we do that aren't just about surfing, about the fact that we, you know, have our social impact programs, we work with a lot of different partners, and, and we actually really care about doing that. And I think that therefore gives people another reason to want to be part of the wave and want to make this place a success, which is fabulous. Wow. That's great. And there's, um, yeah, we were just at Urban Surf a few weeks ago, and uh, I think you should do seasonal uh, swaps with your lifeguards. Summer in Australia, win uh, winter here. Maybe, maybe, maybe summer here, winter. Summer here, yes, yeah, that's right. Winter. Yeah, otherwise, <laughs> so the I think the Aussies will find it a little bit difficult in our winter. But, <laughs> but yes, you could uh, conceivably swaps. have uh, lifeguards who, yeah, summer here and then summer in Australia. So, work two summers in the same year it's amazing i mean i know a lot of our team do disappear off to slightly warmer climates yeah. in the uh, in the in the winter period so yeah i mean that's the lovely thing about the industry at the moment is that it's really small and we know each other and we talk and those sorts of things are infinitely possible in the in the world that we live in at the moment yeah and i, I think it's appropriate that we're talking about summer and uh kind of a storm front blowing through here <laughs> we're, um the podcast is coming from the camp at the wave and we're in uh, one of the safari tents and uh yeah, the wind has just started to yeah. So if you hear rear its head. Yeah, if you hear rustling in the background, that's what's going on. Um, Hazel, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank it, you so much for coming all this way and for surfing the way with us and, yeah, for, for lending your time. It's great. We uh, learned, learned heaps and it's great to hear your perspective and insights as it uh, adds to the conversation that we're constantly doing. Thank you. And here comes the rain. And that's rain. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bristol, wow. Brian. <laughs> wow, that's heavy. That is now. Yep, that is, that's Britain. <laughs>